for an incredible night. Oh, we're taking it up a notch. If consistency is anything that you're interested in for such a long period of time, stay at the top of your game. Mr. Johnny Draper. Every wedding I, I am at, there is a business opportunity within that wedding. I'm not going around giving business cards out to everybody that, that's mm. there. But if you put yourself across in the right way, it just gets noticed. That's where you pick up the multiple bookings from. The work, the photographs, the end product is almost a given. How do I fit into this wedding as quickly as possible on the day? How do I make everybody else relax? And again, you're, you're being helpful, you're giving them stuff that, that they need, and you're keeping your name at the, at the front of their, their minds. Hey, be sure you stick around because we're only getting warmed up. I want to know how you get presents out of everything. <laughs> Guilty. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah. How are we doing guys and welcome to another episode of Think Wedding Business. Now today we are interviewing one of my best mates. I know his is going to like be doing this in the background. Um, ever since I started in the wedding industry, this guy has been with me every single step of the way. And if consistency is anything that you're interested in or trying to find out how to get that consistency for such a long period of time and stay at the top of your game in your chosen industry, this man has got some amazing things to teach us today. So without further ado, I want to welcome Mr. Johnny Draper. How are we doing, mate? Very well, thank you Hi, for Johnny. having me. Great to be here, very excited for our chat. <laughs> it's going to be hard, isn't it? Because me and Johnny have been mates, like I said, right from the start of my Johnny. career. We try and uh, you know hone in on each person's individual kind of superpower, if you like, marketing superpower within the industry. And certainly Johnny's uh, is always keeping that consistency right from the very beginning of his career to where he is now, always completely booked out, always seems to have the best relationship with his clients, always has great relationships with the venues. And I'm going to say he's probably the, the most, he gets the most presents from his brides and grooms than any other supplier that I've ever seen. known. If we ask you anything today, don't let me forget to ask you how you get gifts out of couples <laughs> I'm talking so often. Crates of Jaeger, just, he just gets everything. I, we say all this, are you busy, still busy this year? You've been, yeah. had a crazy yeah. year. And yeah, yeah, it's good. Really great year so far. Still loads of great weddings to shoot. Um, I don't want to hark back to the whole COVID thing mm. with all done that to death now but since everything went back to normal and all that it has been bonkers um it's been busier than it than it ever was um in part because i was sort of keen to kind of say yes to a bit more than perhaps i used to pre-covid i think that gave us all a bit of a scare about oh god we're not gonna have a business anymore so just, i have said bring it bring it all back in yeah and uh, my diary's been kind to me last year and this year and next year the level of inquiries that i've got I've actually had the space in my diary to accommodate without them all falling into three, four, five weddings on the bounce. They've been really nicely spread out. So I've been shooting consistently from January right through to the end of the year, last year, this year, and next year's the same. So it's allowed me to kind of go, do you know what? I will do a few more weddings because these are great venues. They're really nice clients and I'm not killing myself. I'm doing more numbers than I used to, but I can actually accommodates it so yeah. when you're not doing them all at once in the summer three on a bounce of the week like you can, yeah you can take it more spread out can't you yeah i've been the opposite of that i've like took less after <laughs> i thought you'd retired <laughs> who is halloween never it disappeared a few years ago i think it made me realize that you know i didn't i think last year was so crazy for all of us in the industry i think i did the most weddings i've ever done in a year ever last year mm. 
and it was it was just a bit I just find it a bit too much and I always want to make sure that I'm giving that that as much as I can to my couples and it diluted me a little bit too much I think so that's why I kept things a little bit smaller but um, loads to talk with Johnny about today he's brilliant at targeting venues that we all you know great the relationship side of things and we've got plenty to ask you on the marketing front but I think we should take it back to the beginning yeah sure where did you get started how did you get started and what led you into the world of weddings and why is that something you settled and that you really love and enjoy to do I will try and keep this relatively brief because it's one brief, of those it's brief, a long please. story yeah. um, I had a proper job back in the day I worked for an ad agency a creative ad agency in Manchester I worked in the TV department filming and editing stuff non-broadcast stuff usually things for corporate videos bits of online content um, for clients and cutting the very long story short somebody at work was getting married and went oh you video and film stuff and edit stuff will you come and film our wedding oh yeah so sure film yeah yeah ah. so I just kind of naively said yeah how hard can it be um, so I turned up at this <clears throat> wedding a few months later using all the kit that I had at my disposal at work certainly didn't buy any of my own oh. stuff turned up at this wedding and kind of just shot what I saw, um, I'd never even been to a wedding before, so I didn't really understand the component parts of the day and what was important and what wasn't. I was treating it like all the stuff that I would shoot at work and and certainly when I then edited this first wedding, editing it in a way that was exciting, kept people's attention, wasn't long, and um, kind of delivered this two-and-a-half-minute what you would call these days highlight reel set to a piece of music on a DVD, which I didn't even realise at the time was not the norm. People were still getting eight-hour epics on VHS from videographers. So I give this DVD and people go, bride and groom loved it. They showed loads of people. All these people came back to them who were getting married and went, where's this guy from? Who?" And he charges £100, that's all. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, again, cutting the long story short, my diary, my weekend diary started filling up. I continued to go out with work's kit. Um, fortunately, the building we were in in Manchester um, had 24-hour access. We had little swipey cards so we could get into our office. So I would then, the weekends I didn't do weddings, I was staying late or I was sneaking in at a weekend and doing the edit at the weekend. And that was kind of how that happened. This is all videography at this point. This is video, yeah. And um, I then met a husband and wife photography team who were this, I'd probably been doing this about 18 months by this point, still working. This is all alongside my job. And I met this couple who were probably the first photographers who weren't what I would describe as old school at the time. I was very much used to working with photographers who shot the ceremony, did a few photographs, family pictures outside church, came to the venue, did the mock cutting of the cake, <laughs> and that was it. And they were getting an album with 24 or 36 prints in. I was doing all day. I was doing prep through until first dance because it just felt like that's what mm. the right approach was mm. to deliver kind of... I didn't, re- again, didn't realise at the time, but I was trying to deliver a story of the day. Um, yeah, then met this couple who were totally different to anybody I'd I'd worked with before. And they were very early adopters of digital as well, so they'd spent a fortune on digital cameras. Um, so it was really exciting seeing the back of their cameras, what they'd been shooting on the day. And the first time I worked with them, yeah. we sat down during the wedding breakfast, 
and doing the small talk thing as you do, I kind of said to them, so you're friends of the family then, you, you've known these guys for years, and they were just like, no, no, they're just regular clients. I was like, but everybody everybody knows you and you're really friendly and you're getting on with everybody. And yeah, that's just what we do. We try and just be part of the day and make it easy for people. And it was light bulb moment, you know, like, oh, wow, you can, you can be an important part of the day alongside what you're actually there for. And I really, really liked their approach. And almost immediately on that day, I was like, I want to have a go at the photography thing here because I think that would suit me better from a personality point of view as well. I, I liked the idea of being a little bit more involved in mm. the day. And I worked mm. with them quite quickly again about six months later. It was two sisters' weddings um, and we both happened to be randomly on them um, and had a bit more of a chat with them on the second one. And then within a few a few months, um, I kind of just put it out there to people. I want to try photography at a wedding. I have got loads of experience, but just not with a stills camera. So anybody whose mates are getting married, don't have much of a budget, you know, whatever. Yeah. Usual way to get <clears throat> yeah. your foot in the door then. Um, and did did six or seven weddings in a really short space of time. Um, and it was people who were literally, we weren't going to have anybody because we've got no budget. Great, I'll come up and, mm, and get do some it. portfolio stuff. Yeah, and I, I put some <laughs> stuff together en- enough to give me a decent-ish portfolio um, to start showing people. And then kind of had to think about, right, how do I show people? So I had to get a really, I mean, it was really basic as well, first website, so you had a little bit of something to show people online. Had to buy a phone um, because I had a work phone and I was getting people to call me on that, you know, to connect with that I don't think the work were too happy about. Um, so I ended up with, you know, what I referred to as the bat phone. That was my my, my own work phone. So if that rang, it was, exci- it was exciting, you know, oh, some business is happening. Um, and yeah, it, it sort of transitioned then into, right, I'm going to have a proper go at the still. So I bought some more, more gear and then transitioned away from my full-time job. I was really lucky in that I was able to drop a day a week. So I ended up having a Friday where I worked for myself. And I kind of, I'd done a bit of back of fag packet maths and thought, if I can get to, I can't even remember what the number is at the time because I can't remember what I was charging, but it wasn't very much. But if I can get to X amount of weddings in my diary for the next six months, I know that replaces the income I've got from a full-time job. Mm. So I could sidestep into that and then it's my own fault if it doesn't work. Then I've got six months of being paid to make sure I get another six months worth of working. Anyway, I can't remember the time, but I was kind of thinking if I can work for myself on a Friday for maybe two years to build it up Mm. and then step away from it then. Um, Anyway, within three months of having Fridays to myself, I was like, I've got enough in the diary. Because it was unbelievably amount of, of... graft you could put in on one free clear day compared to what was doing in and around my full-time yeah. job oh, so you weren't yeah. necessarily shooting on the friday but you were working on your yeah, business yeah exactly yeah i Being mean marketing and meeting people and exactly because all that time all that time ago which is bloody years ago <sighs> it was saturdays were the wedding day you know even fridays and sundays were rare then most people got yeah, married on a saturday so the the friday was my right how can i elevate my business and get myself out there so many takeaways from. I was, was going to say when 
you worked out that I need to replace my income from a job and to do that I need this amount of weddings for this price but and you work it all out and then that's when right okay so that is probably the safe point to transition but then once you become full-time and you don't have your job it's amazing how with all of that time how quickly then you can progress because yeah. the amount of time that you gain to then work on it it just goes times 10 all of a sudden doesn't it and it's exactly like, yeah and, and you're, you're not so and the, you, you've got so much pressure on yourself as well and you've got to make broken it away you've got yeah. to do it and you've got all the time to do it and you can but there's a know? real like most people's that's the big st- sticking point from going to part-time to full-time is that fear of like well if it doesn't work then then what i've left my job but you, the, all that free time that you have to then put into it should be encouraging and a, like a confidence thing because you've suddenly got Monday to Friday 10 hours a day but you can just make it make it happen we've had this question quite a lot haven't we, with some of our students to say when, when, do, when is a good time to actually quit your job and with this pretty Probably much what exactly said. what Johnny's just replace said replace your make, income replace your income first and then what take would you say leap, you know? it depends on I mean Everyone's got different circumstances, haven't they? It mm. depends what your your own personal tolerance level of worry and fear yeah, sure. and all that sort of stuff, where that sits within you. But I was, because I dipped my toe in quite a lot and really got to the point where I was like, I can this can be a business. I can be working for myself here. And I was able to do that little transition by having the Friday and got that taster of, it's Thursday, so I'm off tomorrow. In my head, I was off. I was off work. I wasn't yeah, 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 working yeah. on my business. Yeah. But I'd wake up in the morning on the Friday. I'm like, right, I'm, what am I on with today? I'm doing a lot of what I was on with was getting straight in the car and going and and trying to connect with people face to face. There was only so much because I wasn't shooting loads of weddings, so there was only so much content <clears> I could <throat> share. There was no social media that didn't exist. Um, yeah, so you weren't sat on sat at your computer working on your website all Friday. You were going no. out and meeting people. Yeah, because I, I think one of the things I, 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 I suppose made a decision on that early on was there's two routes I thought I could take in terms of trying to get myself out there. There was the SEO route. How do I get myself on page one of Google? Do I pay for Google Ads? How do I do that? And I didn't know anything about that. It wasn't part of any of my job. It wasn't part of any, I suppose, interest that I had in in anything. Or, surely if I kind of make people know who I am, maybe that's a way of doing it. And I kind of decided to go down that route because I felt I I already had enough in the locker to be able to attempt to do that. Whereas I had, I was starting from zero if I decided to go down the SEO route, I'd have to learn a load of stuff yeah. to try and, and SEO is, you know, it's a, if who you knows? know about SEO, episode six with David <laughs> Well, he's your, he's your man. Yeah. But, but he, I mean, he, he knows. Forget. It's still relevant today, but it's a very different, like it's a full on, full time job and it's a very different approach. And like David said on that podcast, he doesn't want to do he doesn't, stuff, yeah. He, you know, he doesn't like going out and, talking to people he's more introverted and he, that's his approach and it works for him so you identified that you're better at that you're better at being around people and getting face to face with them and that's what you did yeah he's utilizing what he's best at and he's know he's got a great personality and he's a, a a really big people person and that's part of johnny's ethos that's part of why people book you without a shadow of a doubt i always tell my couples you know choose three or four photographers you like the work of and book the one you get on with the most 
who you have the most laugh with because they're with you yeah. all day, you know, and Johnny capitalises on that. Um, I think your superpower, I'm going to blow smoke up your ass, and you, you might disagree, <laughs> Not but too far. I think your superpower is that it could, and you, you do well with your social media to portray this, but your relationship with your couples and the supp- suppliers and your network, like venue people and, and other suppliers that you know, you always seem to be best whether it's your couples or the suppliers you just seem like best mates and it goes back to what that photography couple that you met that you assumed knew them because they were so personable yeah um and you've clearly took that on board because that's ever since i've known you you've it's it's like oh johnny always seems to like actually know his couples and i know now that it's probably not the case you've probably just met them once or twice and they're clients but it always seems like you are best mates with them and then when you're on the day you're having a laugh with them, you're doing selfies. And I think from an outside, from a couple's point of view that are looking for a photographer, they must see that on yours versus the other five photographers. Yeah, well, yeah, but Johnny seems like he's much nicer yeah. to get on with than them other people that don't show all that. Was that something that you consciously did then from the start? Because you'd learnt it from that couple that you'd worked with. Is that something that you've always... I think it just comes natural to Johnny. Integrated? <laughs> or was it, yeah, subconscious? I think more more subconscious initially, and then when you realise you're sort of going in the in the right direction with something, you then jump on it and go, I think this is working. Mm. So maybe that's the the route I need to take. And you're absolutely right. You know, I I meet my couples a handful of times before their wedding, but it's not fake if that makes sense. You can't pretend to really like people i'm really really lucky i've, I've you can't keep it up you can't no yeah. you'd get found out yeah. and then it's like it kind of comes crumbling down around you and i've been lucky i've shot a lot of weddings for a lot of numbers of years and as a result of that i've based on exactly what you're saying what i kind of put out there the work first and foremost because people have got to love what you do but then everything else in and around it has to kind of back it up as to why you'd be the right person to be there on their wedding day. And as a result of all that, I've ended up working with pretty much the right client mm. every single wedding mm. for quite a few years now. So it isn't fake. When I'm there on the wedding day, I'm, I'm buzzing to be there. You know, these people are super lovely people, great weddings, loads of great stuff going on. And it's exciting to be there, you know. I'm not, I'm not bouncing into brides prep or in to see the boys in the morning and pretending that I'm excited to be there. I'm really looking forward to the day ahead and what we're going to do, how their day's going to unfold, how we're going to shoot that, document it for them, how we're going to shoot some great stuff for the two of them, give them something that you know goes up on the wall and that they love, but ultimately, kind of leave. And I, I think it's really important and something that I always remember that every wedding I, I am at, there is a business opportunity within that wedding without being cold and hard sell about it. I'm not going around giving business cards out to everybody that, that's mm-hmm. there. I don't mean it like that. What I mean don't is do that. if you, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> but if you put yourself across in the right way, it just gets noticed and it gets noticed subconsciously by other people at that point. But if it's their turn to get married next and you've done the right thing at that wedding, you've produced, you know, what you said you're going to produce, some great photographs for them, but you've been the right person on the right day, that's where you pick up the multiple bookings from. And that's why I'm really lucky and I see a lot of my couples again and again at Mm. other weddings, their friends, their family's weddings. And that for me is a, a huge part of my business, making sure that 
I am in those circles of people because it's got to be right for you as well as them, hasn't it? Yeah, and you you know that this yeah. is the right crowd for me. It's the same when you do a gig, you know, you I, you I, know I you're going to walk in yeah. and the the roof's going to go off because they're the right people to have you at their yeah. wedding. Yeah, yeah. It's like you said, if I can't turn up at a wedding, if I maybe I don't like the couple as much, I, I can't fake it. Do you know what I mean? It's it's impossible to do that. You know, I've really got to have a good connection with my couples. Um, because I'm not right for everybody, but if I know that I'm right for them and they're right for me, yeah, they, they get a chance to book and you know it's going to be so good on the day. And it, it does happen kind of naturally. It might be the other one kind of slip through, but because people are like people, aren't they? You know, and you'll find a similar crowd on that one and, and, and on that one, it's the same. And, and you're going to turn up and you're excited to do it. And But that helps sell what you do. Yeah. Certainly as a photographer, oh God, my photographer, me and Sam, they were... The images were, were okay, but they were just bossy people and they didn't get on with any of the guests. They just annoyed the guests. So that's like the opposite of you. And you want you, you want somebody like you around because it just makes the day run smoother. Couples can be quite nervous on the wedding days. I think if they've got the supplier, certainly photographers guiding them through the day, if they're fun and friendly and engaging, it's just going to make their day so much better, isn't it? Um, as, a, as a fellow supplier, like because I've worked with photographers you know every wedding me and the photographer more than any of us player you'll have this we're there together all day yeah. um, so for me working with a photographer like you who is going to be not just do a killer job on the photos but is going to be great to get on with you, like we've I've walked into bride prep rooms before and you just start chatting to the bridesmaids you're making them laugh and putting them at ease and it makes my job easier because then I can join in on that and, it, and it's it's much more organic and we can we can be in sync versus a photographer that is a bit more sort of let's say discreet in inverted commas when really yeah. they're just they're just too shy to, to speak to people um, <laughs> and it just it makes for such a more a, a nicer environment um, and, and it also brings out like better like you get better results out of it as well because they they take to you instantly and they'll put it at ease a bit more and then you, you can get then get closer and get better pictures so then that feeds back into the end product so they're not only having a better day but they're having better products at the end of it yeah. as well yeah perfectly yeah um, on your website it mm. says oh, oh, here we go to your website here we go <laughs> most, this is where most guests go did I oh, write this oh, I've not I've not updated that in a few years I did this actually I did I wrote GPT this, this no way. I wrote this myself um, yeah. I don't know which bit you're going to pick so, out but I did write it myself according to your website AI has said about you um, <laughs> not, not AI no it just it, it goes feeds into everything that we've been saying at, at your wedding I'm not just there as a photographer I'm there to be an extension of the wedding party so, and you've got examples of like helping the mother of the bride out with the wedding dress, hooking the little things and stuff like that. Aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> Many hands make light work. <laughs> um, so, and it, it, like I say, it ties into everything that we've been saying already. How important do you think that is to, to be not just a photographer, but actually be an extension of the wedding day? What does that mean to you? Like what? What does your job involve other than taking photos? When you turn up, how do you approach it? I think the work, the photographs, the end product sort of is almost a given, if that makes sense. You have to be able to deliver. By the time you put you on that. And 
that almost then gets put aside um, from my point of view. And it's about how do I fit into this wedding as quickly as possible on the day? Because it doesn't matter how much of a relationship I've built with the bride and groom ahead of their wedding day. Chances are I've not met a single other person to do with it. Every now and again, I might have met a bridesmaid that's come to a meeting, a mum, but not many people. So you've got to kind of look at the rest of the wedding overall. How do I fit into that? How do I make everybody else relax? How do I give myself the opportunity to deliver what I've said I'm going to deliver? Um, so it's, a, it's almost a constant assessment the second you arrive as to what kind of crowd it is, what kind of day it's going to turn into, mm. and where do you fit yourself into in amongst all of this. And every wedding's different. Everybody's got different things that are important to them. Everybody wants to do things in different ways. So you have to really kind of work out very, very quickly what all those different component parts are mm. and how you can do your thing within that that frame almost. And there's no there's no sort of right or wrong with any of it mm. apart from I just always try and kind of do what I do if that makes sense. So exactly like you say, it's turning up in the morning, trying to get everyone to relax straight away. It's not really about the camera. It's about, yeah, photographer's here, but nobody needs to start worrying, oh, do I sit like this? Do I do that? What do I need to do? Mm. I want to get that out of people's heads as quickly as possible and then to just kind of relax enough to go, oh, he's all right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I'm not expecting people to go, oh, wow, he's amazing from minute one. I just don't want everyone yeah. to go, yeah, he's, he's okay. He's all right. And then they can relax a little yeah. bit. And then as you go further through the day, it's about trying to get that kind of throughout the rest of the wedding party. And one of the things I'm always keen, really keen to do at a wedding is once the bride and groom have got married is get a drink in their hands as quickly as possible and get them with everybody else rather than with me straight away. Just give them, even if it's only 20 minutes, that first 20 minutes is with their friends and family so that they feel like they're at their own wedding. They feel like they've, they're not missing out on all the mm. important things, the plans that they put in place, the months and months of planning, the thousands of pounds of expense. They're not just getting dragged off straight away and they're missing out on the drinks reception. And sometimes you do have to go a bit quicker with you know the next thing that you're going to do, whether it be family photographs, bride and groom stuff, because the weather might not be playing ball, there might be things like that to consider. But most of the time, it is about get a drink in your hands. I'm going to be miles away from you so that you can receive the hugs, have mm. the little tear about an emotional moment in the ceremony, have that laugh about somebody saying something wrong. And, and also from selfish photographer point of view, I'm basically teeing up all the great documentary stuff by allowing that to unfold. Because... It waters it down if you don't let it happen as early as you possibly can do on a wedding day. If you drag the couple off straight away, bring them back half an hour, 45 minutes later, yeah. people will still go, oh, congratulations. They don't quite get but it's not as raw. It's not as... Yeah. Yeah. So if I yeah. can do that, as I say, from a selfish point of view, I'm giving myself some great stuff to shoot. But more importantly, everybody else there is realising, oh, we are allowed to speak to the bride and groom. They're not being dragged off. We are part of the drinks reception. We're not all looking at our watches going, I wonder what happens next. I wonder what time they're coming back. I wonder what time we sit down. Mm. They're actually going, isn't this nice all having a drink together? And and that is all very subconscious. Nobody's actively thinking that at that moment. But if I take a bride and groom off straight away, I can guarantee you I can look over after 10 minutes and you can see people wondering 
almost wandering the the um, drinks reception away, or like it's not an important part of the day. Yeah. When are we sitting down? Yeah. Well, the drinks reception is one of the most important parts of the day. I think, mm. in my humble opinion, it's it's one of the least. I hate to use the word formal. I don't mean it. That always gives the impression of you know everyone studying you know a line like <laughs> Victorian school children, but it's one of the least formal parts of the day. In that, if you let the couple just be with everyone, they haven't got any responsibilities. Whereas as soon as they're sat down for the wedding breakfast, again, they're, they're pretty much nailed to their table to eat. And it's all lovely and everything, but yeah. everything in a wedding has has got, you know, the different stages of the day that you go through. And for very good reason, we all know, you know, what happens when we're here. Oh, we're going to do our wedding a bit different. You're like, <laughs> don't do that. Do it. Do it like everyone suggests you should do it. Because they genuinely work like that. Because everyone's tried it a million different ways, and this is the way that works. There's a reason so, why there's a, ty- a typical order of the day. Yeah, and it works. doesn't mean that your wedding is average or boring or less important than no. somebody. But as an event, yeah, you know, real experts, you know, not us, the people who actually run the venues and the caterers, have figured out that if we do this, it runs really it runs well. Smoother, it's yeah. it flows. Everything. There's no big gaps. There's nothing. Nobody's starving. Nobody's too pissed by the time they sit down. Everything works yeah. as it should. We're going to be de- dead maverick. We're not having a typical wedding. Yeah. We're going to do speeches before instead of after. Speeches before. Are mine and your favourites. Not so much for this <laughs> man. My favourite ever moment at a wedding a couple of years ago where people decided they were going to do something completely different was that they decided they weren't going... They were having a wedding breakfast, but they weren't going to put any tables and chairs out for it. Throwing potatoes in people's mouths. That happened. People had to go and collect plates of food. And it was proper knife and fork food. It wasn't buffet. On the laps. So on the wall. and they find it but there was there was like hundred people there and there was maybe seating for ten people. Oh Guess what happened God. within ten minutes of food coming out? All the chairs and tables got wheeled out from the back room because they realised what a terrible mistake they'd made. And how did you it, take picture? What were you supposed to do when you you need to take pictures of all the individual tables of everyone? Well, yeah, don't get, don't get me started on that. <laughs> so I'm wondering so at what point in the proceedings before the <clears throat> wedding, if they told you that, what you you must have thought. I've got a duty to tell them that's really shit. <laughs> they can't do that. I don't think I knew about that because I would certainly would have. Would I you? Would have said. Do you meet all couples before the wedding day? Yeah. To be honest with you, these days it's Zoom um, most of the time. Or in um, some capacity. Yeah. 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 Oh, so yeah, would you? Definitely. Would you advise them on stuff like that? Advice. Hundred percent. Yeah. Them I mean, by the that, end of the day, we are the experienced ones. They're doing it for the first time. Yeah. And they will probably appreciate your insights, whether you think that you've sticking your nose in or not. Something as as extreme as that example. If I had known about it, I probably would have. I would have mentioned it, but I'd have probably just kind of resigned myself to the fact that they've clearly had the conversation with the venue and the caterer who've agreed to do it. Yeah. So it's not going to make much difference me saying it's a bad idea. They've probably been told that by people already. And as was the fact, all the tables and chairs appeared after about 10 minutes. But there's other things, certainly. Although, you know, when, when, we, when we catch up for our last meeting, it's about just going into... The minutest of detail, really, uh, every component part of the day to figure out how people are doing things, how they want me to mm. sort of be involved in the different parts of the day. Most of the time, again, going back to you know saying my couples are are the right couples for me. They they kind of just go 
you know what you're doing. We want yeah. you to do your thing most that of the time. That last meeting's just which that, is, is it? Yeah, which is great. And not so much on the detail. So yeah. my, I get things down, but it's just that reconnection with a couple. It's yeah, that's a testament again. to your like your branding and your message that comes across that you attract, you do attract the right, like your kind of couples um, that they do, you know, you're consistently getting those. Go, when Going back to like what you said about after the ceremony, get a drink in their hand, let them have 20, like things like that. That is probably why I would say you're getting all these repeat bookings and the couples not only recommend you, oh, look, we had this, the photos are great, it's they go in above them. Do you find that they go above and beyond to recommend you? And that's why you get so much repeat business because it's not just a case of, yeah, this guy's photos are great. We had this guy. It's you've got to get Johnny. They're going to shout from the rooftop. Because it's those subtle things that make the day better because of you that, like you say, are almost subconscious at the time, but then they appreciate after the fact. And not only couple, but the guests who are all always potential clients um, that you end up getting then repeat repeat bookings so often um have you got any other like practical tips like the putting a drink in the hand and things that you do to help the day run smooth hmm um hmm. that's an interesting question practical tips i, I don't know it's that's difficult because i'm, I'm some jaeger in your top <clears throat> yeah. Hand it out and, yeah. I, i'm lucky i work at consistently some amazing venues as well where that kind of conversation we were talking about before doesn't happen because they're run brilliantly. Yeah. Everything mm. is seamless and clockwork. And actually, as a result, I don't have to do a huge amount outside of what I do myself. Um, every now and again, you, you you kind of end up at somewhere that might be a, a dry hire type venue that a, that a caterer is catering, but they haven't got necessarily anybody kind of driving the wedding and you feel like you end no up being the wedding yeah you end yeah. up being the wedding coordinator on the day and it, it's fun it's a bit more stressful you know but you kind of feel like you get a lot of fulfillment out of it because you really help him pull everything together um but as i say most of the time these days i'm i'm really lucky i work at um some really really nice venues on a very regular basis and i can turn up and, and do my thing and not worry about some of the I think it's really it's your style isn't it but it's great that you you are willing to slip into that role of the wedding coordinator <laughs> and that's just great that's something else that another photographer probably wouldn't do or feel comfortable doing and we always talk about what because there's so many photographers and videographers and how can you stand out within your niche and that's certainly one of the things be willing to step up and and do those little things I just think it makes all the difference in the world I really do in terms of like repeat referral but also just like you can then use that to to promote yourself and promote your approach and i think when i I like educating potential clients on this is how your photographer relationship could be like people see you selfie with your couples and they send in your presents and um it's not what they obviously really love it and it's not and and i think a lot of the guests turn up at a wedding and just assume the photographer is going to be doing the standard kind of thing and then you book one like, well, we don't really like having a photo taken, but we've got to have a photographer. And it's just like, I feel like it's important to to show that you can have a good relationship with a photographer and have someone there that you can just get on with. Yeah. I think one of the things that always, um, and it happens at almost 100% of, of weddings, that people almost have an assumption as to what is involved with wedding photography. And it's usually at the point where 
and I try and, and always have my my plan A when it comes to shooting bride and groom stuff is I like to do it right at the end of the drink reception, which sometimes if the speeches are first, videographers are a bit mithered about because oh they've got to mic people up before the speeches, so we haven't got much time before we go in. Hmm. And I'm not being, you know, sort of weird about that. I try and, as you well know, Adam, I try and work alongside videographers and but I think a lot of the time the videographer's expectation of the photographer is that they're going to lead whatever the bride and groom couple's part yeah, of the day is as well. So they often ask you what your plan is and I'll say, the weather's good. So literally when they get called to take their seats for the wedding breakfast, I'm, the guests, I'm going to take the bride and groom then because it'll take 10, 15 minutes for mm. everyone to sit down. So I'm not actually dragging them out of the drink reception. I'm giving them more time with sense. everybody. So it works really well. But it's funny when you kind of sidle up as everybody's going in, um, the bride and groom are sort of finishing conversations with people and I sneak up and go, oh, well, bring your drinks, we'll go for a little wander now. Somebody always says, as I say, it's almost 100% of the time somebody goes, oh, have you got to go and have more pictures? And like, <laughs> we literally haven't done any yet. But yeah. they've, and it's not that they've seen me doing loads, they've seen me around, but they just assume that the bride and groom must have being stood, you know, yeah, in front yeah. of you almost the entire drink reception. Yeah. Um, when they haven't, they've been with another group of friends over there who mm. haven't necessarily. And it's funny, the bride and groom then kind of try and explain that and there's confusion on guests' face and I always just kind of find that mildly amusing. That, But I think that's a hangover from years gone by as to what wedding photography yeah. was and it was very much about it's about the bride and groom so you haven't got time to have a drink we need to get xyz yeah. and do my, all these mine and sam's wedding was exactly the same as that i mean i'm going back 18 years or so and as soon as we finished the ceremony they just took us but they took us for the whole drink reception and all we could see was our friends all having a great time <laughs> yeah. i was like can we just go and jump? no no and then as soon as they finished their photographs we're sitting down to die yeah we'd feel we'd missed our drinks so it's, it's, it, that, and that's that old school style, isn't it? Yeah. And then they left. Yeah. <laughs> it was the yeah, yeah. It was a nightmare. I, I so, love working with, and I, I go back to photographers because of because we've got you here and because that's who I spend most of my day with on a wedding. When they're not someone of, like when it's not working with you and I have got one of those photographers that is maybe a bit annoying <laughs> and a bit less considerate, I, d- I don't mind it because it makes me a little better. <laughs> yes, Everybody's always involved with themselves. So the photographer they? will go, well, we so need to, right, ceremony's done, we need to go and get the pictures. And you can see the couple's faces dying a little bit. Mm. And, you know, and I've... It so does make you wonder, m- though. More and more. Both I'm, ways round. How has that couple booked you yeah. to do what you do, but has booked, as booked a very, very contradictory... Approach photographer, and I think that the same when I turn oh, up I at see, weddings, yeah, and it's that. not you, or it's not one of my videographer pals who I work with regularly, and it's somebody dead old school. I'm like, how have they booked me? How have they booked all these other suppliers that I know are right for them? But ended up sometimes it's a budget thing though. I'd well. love to yeah. pick the suppliers for my wedding. They're really <laughs> good. There's so many weddings that I do, and they're so good. And said, like, oh, I wish Adam was here. Oh, I wish Johnny was here. I wish yeah. Tom, because you want to experience it with your friends. Don't I think you? I think some, I had one earlier this year where. Um, it was a case of the photographers and the, the couple just clearly didn't have any idea about each other. And the photographers had their thing of what they were planning to do. And the couple had a different expectation of how yeah. the photographers would be. And it just didn't work at all. And I could see the couple like getting so annoyed. And I was there trying to like, and more and more 
if I see that these days, I will step in and be like, well, why don't we do it this way? Or I'll go to the couple, are you guys okay? Because my, my North Star is that they're not stressed out and they're enjoy, having time with the guests and enjoying themselves and not feeling like they've got to do look. But also a little bit, I'm like, if I do this, it'll make me look better. <laughs> so it gets to the end of the day and they do, like in this case, it was, oh, we're so glad you were here because like, you've been dead great. And the, other, the other guys weren't as... But, but and I had that same thought of, well, yeah. why did you book photographers like that? You could have had Johnny. You could have, uh, you would have been perfect for this wedding. Um, but I think in their case, it was just, I think they booked me first in that situation. And then they'd gone, well, we need a photographer. And they'd reckon venue recommended or something yeah. like that. And they'd just not put So I think it's where the couple's priorities are. Exactly that sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes they put loads of research and thought into one supplier and then just happy to go with the venue recommendation for that. Yeah. Right, so you mentioned your your great relationship with wedding venues, and uh, I'll let you ask the question. But one one thing that when I speak to other photographers about when when certain venues crop up in conversation, I've worked <laughs> with other photographers that have gone, "Well, there's no point chatting to that venue because Johnny Draper's got his feet well under <laughs> the table there." And, and it's almost yeah, like a sorry. <laughs> bloody Johnny Draper's taken that that little pond. I'm never going to get in that one. He's got his claws well in, and it's it's a testament to you of how strong your relationships with venues and and certain suppliers and. and I'm going to give the direct question on this one I mean, because this would, I'd be interested to to hear what he but says. It's it's how you've how you've created these relationships and maintained them to such a strong extent over the years where you are the guy and everyone associates you with that venue and no one else gets a look in and all the other photographers are annoyed about it yeah i know how, how the hell does he do it how'd you do it <laughs> so i was i was, I was gonna say we johnny's just given such a good in-depth description of how he runs the wedding day i think any wannabe photographer just that that is it I mean that's the way that I would do it if I was even a photographer. hair and makeup florist yeah any, any type of player he's just day. put that out there perfectly um, Go. but I just want to follow on from that we know that you target your venues where you want to work <laughs> um, not just because they're around the corner from where you live but <laughs> just because you know they're very good and they're brilliant places to be that's going to attract your ideal type of couple uh, and you've done that perfectly how'd you do it <laughs> yeah um it's uh some of it is it's a bit of a chicken and egg sometimes isn't it you know the first time you work at a venue is an opportunity but how do you get the first time at a venue that you want to work at if you haven't got an inquiry for it if you haven't got As Adam said, it? before that yeah. how have you like researched venues how have you found the right venues to work at just look does, where he lives. Does it help that <laughs> close to 15 minute radius from my house? Well, for anyone listening, you, you, you do have a plethora of venues, very yeah. good venues, very close to you. But yeah. you consciously like like to work at the, the close by ones, don't you? I know you well, go further afield. I sp- yeah, I do. Yeah. And I, I did used to go much it. further Great afield. To be 10 minutes from your house, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's, it's a funny one, really, because venues. The venues around by us, they haven't all been there for 20 years. They're, they've opened in various different stages over the years. And when you hear about a new venue opening and, you know, the the rumour mill as to what it's going to be and the kind of place, you know, the kind of bride and groom they're going to be targeting and well, that all kind of gets the, the, the spidey sensors tingling a little bit and you kind of go, oh, that sounds cool, I like the idea of that. And, and I think it's always about, first and foremost not missing out on the opportunity when it arises. 
Um, and sometimes you don't know what that opportunity is or when it's going to arise, but it's being ready to react to it. So it's it's doing the you know, doing your job well, first and foremost, when you do get that opportunity. Um, and also, you know, not burning the place down, you know, don't do ridiculous things. Don't stick in people's heads for the wrong reasons. Don't be a dick. It can be very, very frustrating initially. Um, you know, if you want a wedding somewhere and you haven't got an inquiry for it, and obviously because of the lead times that we all work to as well, you know, we're getting inquiries for 12, 18 months, two mm. years, even longer than that mm. down the line. Yeah. You could get your inquiry and booking for this dream venue, but it could still be two years away. Two years before you get a chance to shoot a wedding. And that by could, that point, there's already been loads of suppliers that could have been, already got the There could have been 300 weddings there yeah. in that two years. So, so what, what do you do? Is it wedding fairs? Is it like offering to do... Do you contact them because you've no booking there at the start? Do you knock on the door? Oh, you're a new venue. I'm Johnny. I live around the corner. This would be ideal. There's been a bit Go of that the... over the years. There's yeah. been a bit of, can I shoot some stuff for you? Is there anything you need? You're new. You're just opening. Can I put a girl in a dress for you and give you some, this is what it's going to look like, you know, when our garden is finished or in the ceremony space. And this... As a photographer and, and video, you know, the, we've got, you know, tools at our disposal to actually give people some content these days before they are even up yeah, and running. Yeah, all anyone wants. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's dead easy for people to shoot stuff on their phones, but it'll still never look the same as, you know, a decent photographer or videographer rocking up and shooting it from the right angle at the right time of day with nice lighting, you know, and, and you know, so the, there's all kinds of little reasons you can almost invent to put yourself in front of the right person mm. and it's a good one that a new venue just opened that don't have content or portfolio or whatever you could ring them up and go i'm gonna bring them it doesn't matter what type of supplier you are i'm gonna bring a model a photographer we're gonna dress it with flowers like do you want some content yeah Bosh, you're in Potentially, yeah. as long as you don't burn the place down or you know do anything ridiculous while you're there, but that gives you the that gives you your opening to the conversation then, yeah. and that, that gives you the opportunity, the opportunity to be at the front of their minds when somebody is then making that inquiry. Do you know any good photographers? Oh yeah, this guy actually just turned up randomly mm. a few weeks ago, but he's done these and he was really nice. We liked him. Yeah, that can be. That that's one example. You know, there's a million different ways, and sometimes you've got to be a bit thick-skinned. You've got to be prepared for people to kind of go, "Sorry, we've you, already got something that we've put together as a proposition for our yeah, potential brides and grooms." It absolutely yeah. is, yeah. Um, but when you do get the opportunity, you've got to, you know, grab it with both hands. And going back to what we were talking about before, for me, it has always very much about being connecting with people. So it is about. Finding out who the key pe the key people are at the venues and trying to build that relationship, and again circling back to what we said before, that can't be fake either. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. the reason I'm knocking on their door is because I'd like to do weddings at your venue, but I have to connect with you genuinely. You have to like me. I have to like you. We have to be able to say nice things about each other that make people want to kind of go, oh, I'll have a look at his website, or I'll have a look at mm. Instagram. It sounds really simple to just it, say, we'll just be a people person and just get on with people, but it's so instrumental, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's like your best mate, well, I'm assuming your best mates in your life now, 
Are you wedding pals? Yeah. Oh, I have been for... My best mates are my wedding pals. Yeah. Oh, Me and you, you, we've been best pals others, for but... quite a few years. And, yeah. ge- and genuinely, you know. Is it, all, yeah. is it as all-consuming as it appears? Like, you literally live, breathe... Because we've not even touched on the fact that Johnny's wife and you, together you own a bridal boutique as well. So you've got yeah. that business with, with Emma. Yeah. Um, which we could maybe ask, get Emma on and talk about that separately as a different wedding business. But That would be ace. If um, if, yeah, if, you have if, to speak very you, nicely to her. If you do, <laughs> um, she'd be fine. No, but you're right. It's When you talk about it, you try and explain it in, in you know, just a an easy conversational way but it isn't necessarily as easy as you kind of well, you, you're living and breathing it, it aren't you yeah With everything that you do I suppose you, you know put... in our house definitely that's all we talk about is weddings but it's better than you know carrying bricks up a ladder 10 hours yeah. a day isn't it it's you like you mean? design your life around really, the world of weddings real... I, put, I put this down here you've designed your life around weddings and I suppose I have in a way and I suppose you have really haven't you it's be, it does become your life you fit your holidays around it you fit your yeah. timetable around it we turn like your, we turn your wedding become your wedding yeah your, your we turn wedding opportunities and... into holidays you know we've been very yeah. lucky like that over the years yeah. to go and you know shoot a, shoot a wedding you know wherever it might be I was in Marbella clang a few weeks ago and we did that wedding and turned it into a holiday you know yeah. because that gave us that opportunity to do it it's like you said it's, you're not carrying bricks for a living and it's why would you not want to you know revolve your life yeah. around it because it's a, but it's I also a brilliant think, world you know what you what you said Harry about you know us being best mates that's like all jokes aside is true and we have been for a long time now and when we met originally we met as two people who were sort of I suppose probably trying to find our way in in the turn of of a of a, a place where the wedding industry was, if that makes sense. We probably didn't realise it at the time, it but was, it was changing, wasn't it? But as we look back on it now, and you kind of think about the things that we were doing, were involved in, and how things were making that move from still quite old school to. Yeah. Was it the dawn of social wedding. media, sort of? Well, social Facebook, Facebook arrived in something else, 2000 and probably a bit earlier than 2007. And weddings have changed. They've gone more sort of personal and DIY. 100%. They? People were looking for something different. They didn't want the old school photographer anymore, but they, were, they weren't quite sure what they wanted. They didn't want the boring dinner when nothing's really going on. Oh, then I can't, that, I can't fulfil that role. I don't want the traditional Toastmaster. I want something different, but... It's like a celebrate, you know. Yeah. Social media um, has exposed people to millions of ideas that they, that are suddenly at the, you know, on on the phones in front of them. Yeah. That they go, oh, we didn't know we could do that, but that's great. I like that. We'll do that at ours. And yeah, it's changed the game completely, I suppose. Yeah, but you do. You end up meeting a lot of like-minded people. Well, you kind of find your own. You yeah. know, your people who you end up make genuine mates with. It's because you have. Well, it's the same in normal life as well, but because you have a very similar outlook, you have a very similar approach to how you're doing things, so you've got a lot in common, you've got a lot of stuff to talk about, so you have that sort of familiar ground, mm. and actually, you know, take, take the industry side of it out of it, doesn't matter what the industry is, but actually we all work for ourselves, which is probably the biggest thing that we have in common, and having, you know, a, almost a support group of real mates who do the same thing-ish, mm. But ultimately, we, we're working for ourselves, so the book stops with us. You know, if we if we're not busy anymore, it's our own fault. But having people who understand that—that's what kind of helps, 
you know, build those friendships as well. But... I think, Joe, I hate to bring up the COVID thing, but that was, I think, really instrumental. For a lot of people in our industry, everybody's reaching out to each other and chatting and talking and me and you and Johnny and Tom and, and sorry, and Andy. And we had that support network. We're all going through the same thing. What are you going to do? I don't know. I was thinking about doing this. What about you? Mm, yeah, I'm not sure. Let's give it another week and see what, you mm. know, the next update is or what venues are saying. And, and it was brilliant, that. Yeah. Well, they, they say, don't they, support, surround yeah. yourself with, like, you know, like-minded people, positive people. Yeah. People that, where you want to be, surround yourself with those sorts oh, of people. Yeah. Do, do you, do you consciously lean on your network and, and in that sense? Yeah, I mean, but probably not as directly as that. I I really love working with my mates. Me too. I, yeah. You know it's those where, day go so much better. Doesn't yeah, it? and and people who book what they perceive, and it always gets tagged the same thing: dream team. You know, and it but it's <laughs> but people but people really feel like they've when they've booked this group of people who they know know each other. They've been very deliberate about that because they know. Mm. Yeah. that you all know each other and they want that that's what they want they mm. want to feel like they are almost part of it I always think yeah. do you yeah, know what I mean they yeah. they kind of almost feel like that oh, we might be able to, to be mates with these guys do you know, part, that's part of the I, gang yeah, yeah that's what I always kind yeah. of think comes across oh, and I love that yeah. and they are always mega days they are going back to the targeting with the venues and maybe we should touch on the social media I mean, you said you touched on some tips there, knock on the doors, offer your services for free, start building up recommendations. When you do get a book at the venue, be great to work with, etc. all that kind of stuff. Social media side, how, because you're almost seeing sometimes that you, you actually promote a venue or some different venues. You're not doing that. You're just tagging them into certain things. That's deliberate, I'm sure. But talk me through how you would use your social media to target a venue if well, you like is, or help this, this venue. is something that you do at the start of the year isn't it con, con, am I right in saying that in January you'll go right and need to post about these venues and yeah. this sort of content yeah we've talked about it before and oh, it definitely yeah. is targeting um, and it's definitely deliberate and I think about different ways of because that time of year in our industry is a very popular time of year for everybody to kind of go, need to do loads of social media, and, need yeah, to promote yeah. myself, need to update my website, need to get myself out Yeah, there. but it's because brides and grooms at start of the year, right, let's get into the yeah. wedding planning properly. But yeah. you're, you're potentially going to get lost in this huge yeah. swarm of everybody else doing mm. the same thing as you. Mm. So it's thinking about how can I still do that but make sure I'm the one that catches people's eyes. So, yeah, I, I look at what I kind of describe as my key venues, the ones I want to keep going back to work at. And I want to put some you know content out there at that time of the year that is very specific to each of those venues that I think is what the kind of couples that I'm looking to book me are looking for at those venues. So I'm really thinking about... If I'm doing like a carousel on, on Instagram, 10 photographs, that's only 10 photographs in one post. So which 10 photos are they going to be that shows off what I do to the best of my ability and is aspirational? That couple have booked that venue and they want absolutely killer stuff. So what can I show them that's going to make them think we need to get in touch with him? So I think a lot about the, the specifics of the content. But through the course of the year, I think it's about... Um, supporting venues and other suppliers as well so there's quite a lot of my 
venues, local venues at the moment that are promoting open evenings, open days, things like ready that. Ready for the autumn. Yeah. Ready for you know the next wave of newly engaged couples. So I am keeping my eye on all of their Instagram accounts. Literally, as soon as I see some stuff, get it out there. Yeah. Sharing their stuff, but then backing it up again with what I've shot there. So, that so hopefully it's... they then reshare that that way. So I'm helping promote so their open day. As soon as day. they're mentioning an open, advertising an open day, you're jumping on the back of that, sharing it to, to show your support, but then sharing yeah. your stuff to go. And again, thinking it. very specifically about what do I share of my stuff at that venue that I know that they will reshare that is in line with what they're using to promote their open days. So I often will look at those and go, actually, they're not my killer images that I want to use to promote myself, but they're venue shots. They're going to reshare that. Because they're important to them. They want to show people as much of the venue as possible. So I'm going to share a couple of my drone shots, a couple of ceremony room setups, a couple of wedding breakfast mm. setups, a couple of night do setups, mm. because I know they'll share them straight away because Something it's completely about, it? in line with what they're trying to promote at that moment in time. If you've got a sh- beautiful shot of a couple at Golden Hour in a field and you've tagged the venue, but it doesn't, they're not going to be interested in sharing that because it doesn't show the venue at all. Yeah. It's the field at the back of the venue. Yeah. They are, they're not going to be interested in that. They'll want the pictures where it shows the venue yeah. and you can see it in the background sort of thing. Yeah. And then those shots, that's they're the ones that they'll share when it's brand new content. Here's here's you know sneak peek of yesterday's wedding. Boom, they'll share that straight away, and yeah. they're not worried that it's a golden hour shot in the field. They're like, oh, it's new content, so we'll get it out there. Mm. But when you start kind of trying to scratch the surface of what what do these guys all want, and you know, I I, I do genuinely go one further with with that as well. And actually speak to them and ask them what they're looking for. You know, going into this summer in a post. Sp- oh no, no, no. Speak, speak to them directly oh. in the office. Right. I've got X amount of weddings this summer. What do you need? Ah, what do you need for your yeah. promotion yeah. or your website? Oh, or your, if you yeah. can get us a drone shot from this angle when the grass yeah, is so caught, when you're there on the wedding all, day, you're yeah. asking them that. I'm back here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Do you need anything? Anything specific you need? Oh, the the wedding breakfast room is going to be set up. It's going to look really beautiful if we can get some great shots of that. If you can get them portrait for us, so we can use them on Insta stories, yeah, no problem. That's so it's kind of being well. a bit, a bit Great more tip, proactive yeah. with them, asking them the ask, questions. Ask them. And again, you're you're being helpful. You're giving them stuff that they, that they need, and you're keeping your name at the at the front mm. of their their minds when people. Sometimes what you think they might want, they might not want. Yeah, and that's just that's perfect. That's, it's that's it's, a, it's the next a, level, isn't it? It's this exact same thing as you see when a bride and groom. You think you've shot the most incredible bride and groom portraits at a wedding that you've ever shot and then the first thing when they get their photographs from you their full gallery the first thing they share is them signing the register and you're like no, why <laughs> why that's why? not the photo it's not the photo but you realise it's an important photograph it's yeah. them actually signing the register on their wedding day it's yeah. a really important moment to them so you can't second guess just because you think something is better yeah exactly you've yeah. got to deliver that because that's what they've booked you for yeah. but ultimately they're going to use Here's us stood in the church doorway because that shows that's full length shows my dress off, nice. and it shows the nice you know church doorway or venue doorway whatever it might be. This is the venue that we got married at you know just 
perfectly symmetrical yeah. behind them. The killer arty picture isn't probably going to translate so well to grandma, is it? So no, it's got not. A, so you've got to post the family-friendly one. You have, you yeah. have. So it's kind of just being a little bit, you know, I suppose open-minded to all that. Everybody always says, which I agree with, share what you want to get more of, if that makes sense. So when I'm shooting at the venues I want to work at, I am making sure I'm sharing his gorgeous bride and groom shot walking past the front of the venue, whatever it might be. Mm. Um, and it's trying to, I mean, obviously I do groups and I'll do as many groups as people want, but I don't really share them on Instagram because mm. that's not what people kind of in the front of their minds think that they want. They do, they all want them, which is fine because they are important photographs, but it's giving people... The aspiration of this is what I want my wedding to be. Yeah, it's like when somebody wants to book me, they, they want a fun, engaging wedding where people look around a good time. So that's why, why I share my reels of people having fun in the room. Yeah. You know, nothing else. And that's because that, they can imagine their wedding like that. Oh, you want that same vibe, want that same atmosphere. Oh, and here he is doing it perfectly. Yeah. This is the guy we need. Exactly the same, isn't it? Right. So you go, you go above and beyond and out your way, besides the photography, for couples on the day to give them the best day possible because that, in, in the hopes that that will, you know, make them love you more and they <laughs> recommend you more. Same with the, the venues. You're going out of your way to help them, to offer them stuff, because, and that helps with, with your repeat referral from venues. You've got this phrase don't be a dick that we've mentioned on this oh Johnny says don't be a dick Johnny always says don't be a dick and we've mentioned it a few times on the pod and that's I, well, we I know assume that's, that's your your phrase that you use mantra. in yeah. your thing Johnny's mantra yeah. it probably what, sounds self-explanatory doesn't it I mean I'm guessing it encompasses everything we've spoken about in the last hour yeah. but what does what, why do you say that what does it mean to you like from it, that's advice to a supplier yeah it's it's about not shooting yourself in the foot, I suppose, more than anything. Um, every wedding, we're sort of circling back to a lot of things we talked about already, but every wedding's an opportunity to um, generate more business for yourself. It's a, on a number of different levels. It's a, an opportunity to shoot new great images, to give you new content, um, make new connections with other suppliers, the venue, with the bridegroom, their friends and family, bridal party, you know, you, you've got all these different potential avenues that you can that you can take advantage of as long as you're not a dickhead. And it's kind of as simple as that. You know, you can get people's backs up so quickly by saying the wrong thing or looking mm. across the room in the wrong way. You can be the the sort of almost nothing throwaway comment that you can't mm possibly think that anybody would be offended by it but if you get it wrong you get it wrong so you know it's it, it's about reading the room most of the time I think as well you know there's there's different ways I do bounce into brides prep and grooms prep depending on what sort of crowd it is really yeah, you know you yeah. try and you try to read the room really quickly sort of ease into whatever's going on there, make them all feel as comfortable you, as possible, as quickly as possible. You can't approach everyone the same. Can no, you? You absolutely can't be not. this type of personality all the time because yeah. it's not going to work. Yeah. Although you try and attract that as yeah. often as possible, it's yeah. not necessarily going to work every time. Yeah. It's funny, I, I remember a makeup artist saying to me, it was quite a few years ago, and I'd worked with her a few weeks on the bounce, and this particular wedding morning was really quiet. 
because there was there wasn't a big bridal party. There was the bride mm. and maybe two bridesmaids and mum, and it was very relaxed, low key. It wasn't boring or anything like that. It was just calm. Yeah. So I'd kind of come in, said hello to everyone. We're having a little chat, just shooting some nice stuff. You pick stuff. up on it straight away, don't you? And the makeup artist, when she was moving people in between chairs, she came up to me. She went, is everything okay? I went, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? She went, oh, you're just really quiet today. <laughs> and I went, and in my head, I'm, I'm straight away like, but last week's wedding was jumping. Yeah. So yeah. I can <clears throat> fall into the same approach. But I can't do that this morning, yeah. you know, because it frightened all these people to death. But she thought there was something wrong with me. I, I, I call it being a social chameleon. Chameleon, perfect, perfect mm. word. Yeah, change your surroundings. Just react. Yes. Right, and yeah. but again, that's not about being fake. It's no. about reading the room and fitting into it. It's just yeah. about being respectful, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I suppose when yeah. it is quiet like that, yeah. you, you can't just come in and like Mr. Personality and no. it was, turn the music they, up really loud and you know. just retreat into themselves and as a, yeah. as a photographer and videographer like that's the worst yeah. thing that you want so sometimes you've just got to be a little bit a bit more gentle it's not just about <laughs> pleasing the couple there's so many different eyeballs on you all the time that yeah. you might not be aware of you've just got to well, don't, don't be a bit a dick but, but, but remember and maintain that all the time yeah. all the way through the wedding even when you mm. just think you're just chilling at the back of the you know, when the guests are having the meal and you're just having your downtime, you've still got to be not a dick. Yeah. Because you still... Well, you know, the other thing, you know, it would be remiss of me to claim that I've never not been a dick. Every now and again, you you fall through the net yourself and you've said something and you're like, oh, shit, <laughs> I've really upset that person there's now. A, and, a, and you learn from it, don't you? And you try not to do it again. Of, <laughs> you, you, you can guess what you said. I won't mention the phrase, but it works with Howard. He said a phrase to a bridal party and they ate it up. <laughs> God. I thought, brilliant, I'm going to bookmark that and use that one. So then I tried to say it to them on my next wedding and it went down like a little bit. Because <laughs> so coming from, about the, delivery, coming from the, the, the entertainer who's just entertained the socks off and, and he's, you know, cheeky chappy and he said it to him and they're all like, and they're after the meal, they've experienced him for an hour and he said this and they've gone, no, oh, what's he like? Yeah, great. Creepy videographer yeah. who says it to the, the bridal party early on in the day doesn't <laughs> no. go down anywhere near as well. <laughs> and it yeah. wasn't anything scandalous. It was just a, a throwaway phrase. And, and But honestly, I could have died. <laughs> and they, they just, and they retreated from me the rest of the day. That was it, game over. I lost them. Yeah. So it's, it's knowing your role and knowing can happen you learn from it though don't you you know what's right for, uh, what's the appropriate way you for learned you to it be. was the wrong thing to say in that time it didn't work yeah because so, I was like well Howard, so Howard said it and it was great so why did it go wrong for me well it's because I'm not the entertainer I'm the videographer and I'm people don't think that I, those words would come out of my mouth so you've got to learn your role and you've got to be respectful of the timing and the yeah, yeah and it's because you can it's because you're not a dick why that would matter to you and you change it and you do it differently next time oh 100% I'd never do it again <laughs> you have to say what it was right really interesting um, to there's a couple of wrapping up questions that we okay. ask everyone but I want to know how you get presents out of every single <laughs> Does Is that a myth or does that happen? No, you get presents a lot. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's answered the question. Yeah. Bad, but is, is there I'm anything? Nice. I never get presents. No, I think Johnny drops seeds. <laughs> I think he drops seeds. And you know, I, I reckon he does it when he's chatting to potential couples or couples that are already booked and maybe in the last meeting. 
Oh, I did a great wedding this. They, they even got, got me a great Estella. Have like but all, I never, all these bottles of Jägermeister behind me in the Zoom it. call. Yeah. I never expect <laughs> Can it. Can you believe it? Come on, there must be something that you do to plant seeds. Do you find that if you get a present, if you're lucky to get a present and you share it on social media, because, oh my God, I got this from a couple. It's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> do you, do you find that, that that's like... <laughs> encourages the next person to then reciprocate and do the same guilty of course he does <laughs> yeah. he says oh it's so organic my relationship with my horse. everything's deliberate it's social media <laughs> my favourite one because I have got bottles of Jaeger for years and years and years don't even like it don't even like it I, I do I love it I love it but I don't I, do you know what though It's I've got it for so long that I don't even remember the first one that I got right why I got it I must have I must have said something about it and then this bottle of Jaeger lands, put it on social media, next wedding, bottle of Jaeger, bottle of Jaeger, bottle of Jaeger. And I ended up doing a wedding for a girl. The bride worked in the marketing department of Jaegermeister UK. No way. I remember actually. And um, she got me a personalised bottle of Jaegermeister with my name printed on the label as a thank you gift. That one's never getting drunk. it's, It's such a nice, and it's a testament to how great you are with your clients because they're paying us a fair amount like a hell of a lot of money sometimes and then they still want to get you a present yeah. as well it's right. crazy it's, it's genuinely lovely. it's crazy because it's, it's like it's absolutely not required but it's always hugely appreciated if any yeah, couples I think it's going, going, going yeah, be on though is it I actually got a tip from a wedding of the week which I, I rarely get wow. tips I've had that a couple of times yeah. have you I, yeah. I, I, but I've I never had which, a tip which was the wedding that it was old school groom we just shoved the note in my hand on the slide excellent yeah, I, I remember what it was and again it, is it because I've gone above and beyond because I actually printed out the best man's speech on cue cards for him and helped him with it. I actually wrote the speech and did a version. <laughs> you wrote his speech for him and delivered it for him. He was, he was <laughs> struggling with it. And so I made a really simplified version and printed it and I gave it. And I remember now that is the one that I got the tip on. And I think it was because I went above and beyond and did something that I would, yeah. which you would is expect it, a wedding entertainer to do at your wedding, you know. Is there anything else you want to ask, John, before we do I, the closing? I, no, I think we should do the closing ones. There's the story and what would you be? And um, well, um, what's, yeah. your, what's your most outrageous hilarious story that you've encountered at a wedding um, how did you get over it how do you address it I, I, I can't to rem- associate you with something to do with the fire service or an ambulance or something. oh yeah I can tell that the the worst ones I can't tell you um, <laughs> but uh, yeah the, the fire brigade <laughs> yeah bad times so the fire brigade you have to tell that one if it's embarrassing was, it was embarrassing but in my defence I had double checked with the venue that it was okay to do this and oh. they had said yes so the venue the bride and groom had said ahead of their wedding we'd like to do a photograph with smoke bombs and I had actually normally I'd just go yeah fine whatever but because of where the venue was and the type of venue it was I said you need to check with the venue because xyz so yeah. they said fine we'll check came back venue said no problem great we go out during room turnaround set a load of smoke bombs off shooting pictures to the two of them outside fire alarm goes off oh shit so just think it's okay somebody be go inside because the fire smoke bombs set fire alarms off they do if they're too close to Fair them enough. Yeah. they're smoke so we've had it. Do you remember that wedding we did at Mitten Hall? Yeah, I was just thinking of it then. <laughs> and Leslie Ann came flying out going, Johnny Draper, you dickhead, all the smoke alarms are going. Don't be a dick. 
Because it anyway, was down at the bottom and it on the smoke literally came up the top and filled the wedding breakfast room with smoke. <laughs> like, what the hell was oh, going God, on? Yeah, but it would, yeah. That was a mega wedding. That was a, Amy and Morgan's wedding, that. One, so she's the girl on, on Dragon's Death. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a mega wedding. Not the anyway, one that Tom didn't get. Anyway, carry no, on. Yeah. That was also a mega wedding. Um, so anyway, I just assumed that they'd be able to turn the fire alarm off. So I go running in to go. Don't worry, it was just me. Everyone's getting evacuated because it's a listed building. So if the fire alarm goes off, it connects directly to the local fire station, and they have to dispatch fire engine to investigate so there was 150 people outside on the car park oh, including hmm. me and the bride and groom the groom ran away when it, when it happened what? ran and hid around the corner because no at least they're coming he thought he was going to get in trouble no way so the fire engine turns up I go running over to them straight away to go I'm so sorry lads but it's this is what we're setting off it's just drifted in and they said we still have to go in and check just in case it was coincidence that that and there's nothing inside. Oh, oh, shit. No. So everybody stood outside, all brought their drinks out. They go in, come out 10, 15 minutes later, and he has a piece of paper in his hand, the chief, chief, fire, officer. chief fire officer. Yeah. And he comes over to me and he goes, is it you I need to speak to about this call out bill then? And I think like my colour must have drained from my face. And he went, yeah, there's a thousand quid to settle. So I'm like... And he went, only kidding, mate. Don't worry about it. I was like, oh, you got me then. And he went, oh, don't worry. These things happen. We're only sat having our tea around the corner. So, do you want to do any pictures of the fire engine before we leave? I went, seriously? He went, yeah, yeah. So we'll put the we'll put the blue lights on. And anyway, we end up with a. It was like you know when the the fire engine is at the the at the school fair or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are sitting in it with the helmets on. So all the guests are getting in it, helmet on. They picked up the bride in a fireman's lift. All that. It ended yeah, up being really good. Into positive yeah, but it was like the the night deer was delayed by about an oh, hour, but everyone loved it. Brilliant! He got a fire engine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was that was a sort of a mildish. It was it was embarrassing. I, I love but also that. one of my story, one of my favourite embarrassing ones, which was from a couple of years ago, was I was walking into bride's prep in the morning. I'd been back and forth, but it was still like way hours before anyone was getting dressed. So you know, like normal, you knock on, don't you? But it was at Owen House. So, you know where you go in... In the bridal, into bridal bit, yeah. prep bit. So the doors were open, and I'd been in like four times already, and it was still like an hour and a half away from people to even think about getting dressed. So I just wandered back in. And as I wandered back in, bearing in mind there's a bathroom in there as well that yeah. could have been used, the mother of the bride was just bent double in the middle of the room in just her knickers nice. pulling <laughs> pulling her tights <laughs> so I walk in I screamed she, <laughs> she then screamed I ran away and the next all I could hear is like this entire room of girls laughing their heads off Excellent. I come back in knock on come back in apologising mother of the bride thought it was the funniest thing ever and I was just like that. Nah, that's it I'm always doesn't matter what time of day it is now I'm always knocking now yeah so that one was a bit mortifying but um, yeah anything more serious than that I can't tell you about I'm afraid you've had it where you've been in bridal prep and they've sort of all dropped the dresses and you're like how awkward is this but yeah all of a sudden all of a sudden the ceiling's really interesting when they do that I'm like it's okay I'll step outside no don't worry about it and you're like oh it's alright it's only boobs thing up there that's going on I find it the hardest when, when they say no don't, oh. don't worry just stay here and, yeah, and awful. because you do you're like 
looks awful. It's like, like the light looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I did mort- mortify yeah. me. And they're like, I oh, don't worry about it. Honestly, like, I'm sure you've seen it. And I'm like, yeah, I have. But I don't want to look. <laughs> Brilliant um, few stories there, Johnny. Thank you. I, I know how he's going to answer the next question. Well, I'll, let, I'll let him say. Well, what is so the question? next question is, yes. if you were not a wedding photographer, mm-hmm. what other um, niche or what other business would you go into in the wedding industry? In, the, wed- in the wedding industry? It's got to be a wedding <laughs> industry based and, and it can't be bridal boutique. Because we know you've already got a bridal yeah, boutique okay. with them. Uh, um, do you know what? Yeah, I, I know how you're going to answer No, this. I don't think you do. you do. What would you do? Because I only said this to somebody the other day. And I think my serious answer, if we're doing it seriously, because I know what you're thinking, my serious answer is I quite like the idea of the wedding car driver as a sort of an opportunity to help keep things calm, everything nice and relaxed on the morning, and it be a and it be a nice sort of you're driving the bride to the church. It's a good responsibility. It does come with it because it comes with the pressure of oh my god, hope we don't break down. What if we go the wrong way? There's a lot of pressures attached to it, but I think you have the opportunity to give people this really relaxed last few minutes before they go and get married if you do it right. So I kind of like the idea of that. What's the not serious answer? The not serious answer would be uh, <laughs> it's very specific. But if there was um, requirements for a lame-is flash mob at, uh, at weddings, then I'd love to be involved in that on a weekly basis. If anyone fancies that, I could do the full, the full eight parts of it. John yeah. Yeah. Leader of the lesmis flash mob. Yeah, and we, and everybody and everybody else in the flash mob as well. I could do all. See, the I thought you were going to say like a drummer in a band. No, no, you have to say too late. I'm getting I'm getting married <laughs> in a couple of years. I, I should have known. I'm not unkeen on late miss. That's why the driver thing's so ideal for John. He's got his own. He's out home for lunch. <laughs> no, do you know I've, I've uh, you know I've stepped behind the, uh, the kit once or yeah, twice I over thought, the years I with, that'd be with right Gav and the boys. I think that was Andy Murphy's what he wanted to be the front man, didn't he? The singer of a band, and a bit like Gav. I think he said he what he'd like to be. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, um, like, with no, every no. great gig that wedding bands do, you know. There's three of the shit ones. Yeah, and I mean that in the nicest possible way because it doesn't mean that the wedding's not a great wedding. But it's sometimes the the they're just not the food they're just comes, not dancers, are they? Do you early, know what I mean? The food's out, no one's <laughs> on the dance floor. Yeah. And you, you really feel for them because you can tell they're like They've got forty five minutes to get through of playing to no one. Yeah. But, um, um so our last guest, Francesca Sings, hmm. uh, um said because uh, this is this was a question from her, we and we're gonna ask you to leave a question for the next guest. Oh. So this was her question for the next guest, which is you. Um, what is one myth about the wedding industry that you would like to put to bed? A myth about the wedding industry? Mm, something. Oh, there's a good question. Of things like, oh, people always think weddings are this. And da, da, da. Is there a, a myth that needs to put I think one of, the pe- one of the things that people always say to you when you tell them what you do is... Oh wow! It must be amazing working, you know, on all these people's special days, and which it is. But that, that's that's their. I want to put that to bed. It's rubbish. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but what I mean is that's their sort of level of of hearing that you work in weddings is wow! It must just be so much fun. Yeah, and they so have no yeah. concept of 
what, what actually it actually in. takes to yeah. to deliver a great wedding. We are just a component part of each wedding. So to actually pull the full thing together. And it does come with its stresses and anxieties and worries and nerves and difficulties. And that's the kind of thing that we all try and help people with when we're working with them. The patronising like, oh, that's nice. Like, that must be nice for you. No, no do you know like, what? Not and, really, and, no. And do you, do you earn enough doing that? <laughs> it's, like, it's like maybe older people, I'm like, yeah, I work in weddings. And is that your full-time job? You go, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I've never, is that, is that I've never had that. I know a lot of people get what get and, that. And I'm well. sort of thinking, and what else? What, no do you do in, what do you do in the week? I've, yeah, ne- I've yeah, never yeah, had that. that. I know other people yeah. that have well, had I'm, it. The woman they'll say, I only work one day a week. Yeah. <laughs> well, my wife says that to me. So, <laughs> yeah. In Johnny's case, it's probably true. <laughs> I think that is the myth, isn't it? That if you work in the wedding industry, it's dead easy. You work one day a week yeah. and you make Just pressing buttons, aren't you? I mean, it's easy. Click. So a lot of buttons to press, though. Yeah, I have to press three buttons when I'm editing. Um, and do you have a question to leave for our next oh, guest? We don't know who it is yet. Who is undisclosed? Mm. A random wedding-related <laughs> question. Yet, that's why. <laughs> well, we've got a couple in the pipeline. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So you've got to ask a, 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 a be, industry business. Can it be, can can it be specific to them? Even if I don't know what they do, can it be like? If it was good, industry oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. business specific would be good. But business, I mean, I don't ask a photography question. The last one kind of was no, no. Yeah. So, but it's but gonna I mean, be a wedding person. Oh uh, yeah, here you go. <laughs> this is um, this is taking the easy way out. This one. Um, okay, so my question would be, uh, what is your number one piece of business advice to anybody else who is wanting to make their way in the wedding industry? In their field. Or, or across the board. In general. In general. However they choose to interpret that. All right. Okay. Their number one piece of wedding business advice. Yeah. Not just marketing across the board of business as well. Anything across. to do with business. Mm. Cool. Thanks, Johnny Draper Photography. Thanks, Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. If anyone wants to me. look you up, Johnny Draper Photography. Simple as that. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's Instagram. my Instagram is Johnny Draper Photography. Website, johnnydraper.co.uk. That's about it. Yeah. And just out of interest, well, are there any, are you putting in any workshops where you're doing or not? I've retired. retired I've retired from workshops. He doesn't know it yet. He might be coming one of our workshops. (laughs) I'm happy to guest on workshops, but no photography training at the moment. Uh, Without sounding lazy about it, they were, they were just getting to the point where they were really hard work because I felt like I needed to make the next one bigger and better than the previous one. And, it was getting to a point where I'm like, I actually don't know where to go with it. And um, yeah. yeah. But you've so. no qualms on coming in our workshop because we, yeah. we want to try and put something pretty special on where we cover the whole industry. Oh, yeah, I'd so. love to. Um, yeah. At some point. Cool. Thanks, mate. Thanks Thank for coming you. Thank you, boys. Thanks for coming on, Thank mate. you. We loved it. Usual stuff. Shuffle papers. Anchorman. So thanks so much for listening. We really hope that you found this episode insightful, inspirational. And if you did enjoy that, then please consider subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, we're Think Wedding Business. We're also on YouTube and Instagram. So if you want to watch us, you can go over to YouTube and find us at Think Wedding Business and the same over on Instagram to keep up with all of our future episodes. We'd really love you to subscribe and join us on this journey. And if you do like this content, please consider giving us a five-star review. It just helps us get seen and helps spread the word. So thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.